This is Japan Baseball Weekly, the only English podcast covering all 12 NPB teams. And now, your hosts, John E. Gibson and Jim Allen. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of July 5th in Japan, but it's July 4th back home. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Sunday night is my partner, Jim Allen. How you doing, dude? I'm doing well. Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July to you. (laughs) Happy birthday, America. That's right. Uh, For liberty liberty and justice for all. For all of y'all. All, all people, all, but yeah, yeah, (laughs) that echoes in my head so much every time I see one of these incidents. Yes, uh, indeed. (laughs) All right. Well, there's going to be Olympics for all coming up pretty soon, but actually it's not for all, right? You can't, you can't attend any Olympics uh, events if you're a fan coming from overseas. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) grab a TV. I wonder if they're letting in people in the country at all, because that's the deal. Yeah, right? well, they're they still they they're still debating about it, and there's lots of things going on about you know what's. Uh, well, see the one of the big issues is going to be whether they're going to allow more than five thousand fans into some stadiums. They're looking okay, at yeah, we, we cannot we cannot get into this because this is too much of a rabbit hole. We talked about rabbit holes before yeah. we started talking, but yes, there's a lot of debate about the number of people who are going to be allowed at these venues and who is uh, who is who. But anyway, let's let's drop that okay. like a bad habit and get Remember, back to uh, baseball. We'll never absolutely we'll never get yeah. Back. The Olympics can <laughs> we could talk about this uh, thing until. Long after they're done, I, have, I imagine we will be actually. So let's not waste yeah, we waste our bullets be, right now. Right, yeah. Since uh, the Samurai Japan is going to be in the uh, playing baseball in the Olympics as well. But listen, go to your YouTube app on your phone if you would, and look up the PL channel, uh, Pacific League English, and subscribe, and then watch some of the videos, and also comment because that'll help us be able to do more in the future hopefully uh as you mask up and hunker down please do that you know jim and i are going to do our best to uh to open up the uh pacific league channel for more english (laughs) someone sent a a comment to me (laughs) they opened up one of the clips and they expected to hear english and it was still japanese what's the deal and i'm like you got to look at the you've got to look at the little description that's in english <laughs> you gotta you gotta click a little bit more so that's what gotta read the fine print buddy the fine print exactly excellent all right people on this week's show we don't have a guest so you're gonna get a whole lot of jim and john and we're gonna do our mini tracks power ranking segment discuss the all-star uh, game rosters uh, we're going to talk about the MPB players in the Olympics and Masahiro Tanaka's latest start and a whole lot more. So let's start swinging. Clearing the bases. All right. So mini tracks, our mini track segment is what we're going to start off with this week. And like I said, uh, we, we tried to get a guest and I'm going to call out the Yomiri Giants. They're just, <laughs> just not cooperating. I put in several requests, so I thought we were going to be able to get it. Uh, I thought we were going to even be able to talk to Justin Smoke, but nobody's, no one is <laughs> answering. Yep. <Someone's laughs> I won't take call, it personally. John's calling, but nobody's picking up. 
That's right. I won't and take I'm, it personally. And, and John's doing most of the hard work. I'm going to want to make this sound like this is a two. This is a two man effort. This is a solo effort, Anna. Yeah, we do need to place a foot firmly in Jim's backside to get him <laughs> kickstarted. But but you know, well, I have uh, to move move my wife's. <laughs> I had to move your wife's foot out of the way? Okay. <laughs> yeah, only one foot there at a time, baby. All right. All right. So uh, let's get into mini tracks. So your top three is probably the same as my top three, but who do you have? I got, well, I've got a top one, which is Oryx Buffaloes. And like, I don't think that's happened since we started doing this. Even in, even in 2014, I you know, 2012 and 2014 when they were pretty good. Um, yeah, not even by accident, not even by default. Right, yeah. They're like clear, the other they're, teams are really bad. During... Now, if I have to pick two teams behind them, I'd go with the Giants and the Bay Stars. Oh, interesting. Okay, and if I had to pick three teams at the bottom... Uh, well, wait, 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 oh, wait, 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 okay. wait. Oh. Give a guy a chance, man. Well, I don't know how you <laughs> want to do it, so go do it. Slow down. Well, we want you to slow down. <laughs> uh yeah, sixteen and four. The Oryx Buffaloes were in uh, June, and that was the best in MPP. Obviously, they had three ties as well, uh, so they were number one. But my number two, and I think you said the Giants, yep. because we had four Central League teams that were twelve that had twelve wins. Right. Let's put it that way. Uh, if you just look at the records, yes, yeah, twelve and something for all the teams. But the Giants were twelve and seven, so they had fewer losses. They had three ties. So yeah, I guess you could go with them, but they didn't. To me, they didn't impress me as much as you're going to be surprised. But I, I think it was the Bay Stars, and yeah. it's simply for me because they scored so many runs. Yeah. Now they gave up a bunch, but they scored 110 runs, and and I thought offensively, you know, obviously the 110 runs were the most in June of any of the 12 teams. So I I liked what they did there. And if you're going to do that and and win 12 games, and they they, you know, they lost eight games, they had two ties. But I, I thought that was what was impressive for me, and that made them a little bit hotter to me. But of course, they met up with the Giants in this weekend series, and they only managed to beat them today. And that was their first win against the Giants this season in 12 meetings. So. <laughs> sure what I know, but yeah, yeah, I had the Giants up there. I also had the Swallows up there because I liked what they were doing, and it wasn't that they were scoring. And I know you talked to me about it before that I, I dissed their offense a little bit, and I probably did. But I, whatever I dissed on the offensive side, the the pitching has just been it has been so much better. I mean, we're not talking about how poorly they're pitching anymore. We're talking about how some of the bullpen guys have been an asset and how they're really picking it up on the mound. And it's not just one guy and it's no one, you know, there's still aceless, you know, Ogawa is starting to pick it up, but he really didn't start out. I think he started out the season, not on the roster right away. And he's just now seeming to find his form, but he seems to really always pitch really well at, at, at Nagoya dome. <laughs> I don't know if that's. The I, think there's, I think there's, a, there's probably a reason for that. Well, because he doesn't pitch the same. I mean, he just fa- faced the Dragons. I guess it was almost ten days ago outside at, at Jingu. He didn't pitch as effectively, but he seems to either have a shutout going or uh, hold him to one run all the time at, at Nagoya Dome. Yeah, I think he threw. That he was his that. second straight complete game at Nagoya Dome. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, 
Yes. <laughs> so he pitches really well there. So, I, I, you know, I, I really like what the Swallows did as well. So, I, you know, the Giants, yeah, uh, they probably had the best winning percentage, but and they scored a bunch of runs. And But they're the Giants. I mean, you know, again, I, I have to commend Tatsunori Hara for bringing up and putting in all these unproven players who just seem to produce at an effective rate. I mean... Okay, we haven't seen much uh, much of Kamei even uh, part of partly because of injury, but partly because he just wasn't doing anything. Because some of these other guys who didn't have much uh, behind their names were producing when they got out there. So um, yeah, injury aside, he just you know he's been outperformed. So the Giants, uh, yes, we always expect them to do well. I suppose. Yeah, well, they came back and uh, they did. They played really well the from the end of June, partly because. uh, Yoshihiro Maru had been on the farm basically because he was doing nothing. And he's come back mm-hmm. and played fairly well. And Kazumo Okamoto's played, you know, about as well as he normally plays, which is sometimes ferocious. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, not always, <laughs> but yeah, he's a, he's a threat. So, no, I, I like everything about him. I mean, the pitching is up and down, but pitching is typically up and down. <laughs> Uh, the biggest problem for them, obviously, is that uh, Tomoyuki Sugano has been basically uh, hurt and ineffective the whole year. Mm. So it's a repeat of it's is right now it's a repeat of 2019. Right, right, right. All right. Well, uh, we'll get into the Buffaloes in a second. But what about your your bottom three teams? On the Carp, uh, if I guess the the three teams I would pick would be the Hawks, the Carp, and the Dragons. Yes, uh, I <laughs> I have the dragons actually at the very bottom. It's just because I and, and I had a venting session uh, via SMS with Jim. I don't know about two weeks ago, and uh, well, John needs these. Seen, you know, keeps his blood pressure down. <laughs> I need him now. Okay. <laughs> I didn't need him. I didn't need him before. Okay. Uh, even you know some of the teams that I root for lost I, I i accepted it i understood and i thought well this team is just better and i understand it but um the dragons for me have just been they've been schizophrenic and i think if you look at it part of it is because i saw them play so well for them in interleague but then i i thought about that i mulled that over and i said well maybe perhaps uh because i mentioned earlier in the year i said it seems like the other CL teams kind of know what the Dragons do and where their weak, weak points are. And it seemed to me that the Pacific League didn't know that much. And so the Dragons were able to get some, put some strong efforts together and they played well in the first half of Interleague. But then the second half of Interleague, they lost every series. Uh, I believe they lost to the Lions. They lost to the Buffaloes. They lost to the Eagles. And um, they just didn't, they did not play the same way they played in the first half. And then they came out of that and got back into league play. And again, they've had their troubles playing against people who know what they can do well and what they can't do well. And so, I, like I said, I, I accept a lot of times when a team is just bad. But, you know, when you have good results followed by poor results, it's like, well, which one are you? And uh, I, I, they have hit the magic number of 10 games under. They hit that on Saturday. They finished with a tie on Sunday, so they got to stay there, but a, a come a come from behind tie. Mm. 
but I think I told you a couple of weeks ago I was officially off the Tsuyoshi Yoda bus, and I and I really am because I've seen him do some things that now look. We, I always say that as a fan we don't know what the manager knows, but I I I, I can't always defend a lot of the things that he does. I, I I I know they don't have a lot of dogs to pull this sled as fast as the other teams, but. Um, there've been so many decisions that I think have facilitated losses instead of, you know, contributing to the possibility of a win. It's like, well, you're not going to win if you do this. You know, it, it just it just seemed to me that this is not this is not a winning formula. It wasn't a winning combination on several in several instances, not just one. Mm. And uh, I've seen people. <laughs> I watch some of the games by uh, via YouTube, and so YouTube, you get a lot of the uh, viewer comments that come. No, <laughs> don't read the comments. I try to turn them off. Yeah. But one day I had it on, yeah, and tough. oh my goodness, they they ripped Yoda from here to Mars. Or well, yeah, that's pretty much pretty standard. If you're if you're below <laughs> if you're at, if you're below five hundred, or or you're the Giants and Tigers, and you're below six hundred, <laughs> people are going to be nasty. Yeah, well, they they are, but I mean, and I always want to defend, and I always want to say, well, we don't know, we don't know, but there there've just been too many instances that I'm like, well, no, 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 and no there, and I wouldn't do that. And when we had Alonzo Powell on last time, we'll have him on again uh, sometime this year. Uh, I, I said, do, do you guys know how to bunt? I mean, is it that they're not good at it? Is it that they're not interested in it? And I knew he really couldn't answer that question the way. Uh, I would like to hear because, you know, he's not the manager and uh, he can't say whose weaknesses are, are what on a sh- on the show. You can't, you can't give out the, not like some of the uh, competition doesn't know already, but you, uh, you can't help him out if, you know, whatever. So I, I understood that he, he was, his hands were tied, but anyway, let's, let's talk about the positive, which is the Oryx Buffaloes. And uh, now what have you seen? I've just seen uh, really consistent starting pitching, from one through five, and we've seen that before, and then right. we've seen really good hitting. I mean, we've seen that from this team before, and then we, I've seen really good hitting throughout the lineup. We've seen that before, and then what we have not seen, and what we've talked about a lot in the past, is the attention to detail and the little mistakes, and we have not seen those. And lo and behold, you know, they have this eleven-game winning streak coming. Uh, out of interleague and into regular league play and uh, they're winning series regularly. And they're looking like it looks like that team is really operating at, at, at peak performance right now. Yeah. I, I I've put it a little differently, but well, you certainly we've seen for a while that they had the, the starting pitching potential, you know, because they had the guys who threw good pitches mm-hmm. and even the, you know, even guys like, Sachi Yamasaki, who's really no, he's I mean, he he almost kind of belongs on the Cebu Lions because he's so consist inconsistent. <laughs> in that he, he's you know he's the Wataru Matsum, the left-handed Wataru Matsumoto, and that he's a guy who's got really good pitches, but you just don't see him very often. And you see yeah, they, they... you see confusion and you know and poor location and and either either poor location is and he can't throw strikes or poor location is he can only throw strikes that are straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Four good ones and one bad yeah. one. You know, that so, kind of yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. And then days when you think, wow, this guy has really got the, the goods. So we've seen that with a lot of the Oryx pitchers 
And we've seen overall the results of their starting pitchers have been good, and they play in a they play in a, a pitcher's park to some degree. I mean, it's not. Um, I, I want to. I, I have to dispel this. You know, I say it's a pitcher's park, and it is, and it's not. You know, Sapporo Dome is still the pitcher's park, but the difference is that Oryx plays like 95% of their home games in Osaka in uh, Kyocera Dome. And the Buff and the Nippon Ham Fighters play 20% of their games at Tokyo Dome, mm. which kind of, you know, levels things out a bit. So, but anyway, the, the point being that their pitching results have, have been good. The defense is not all. The defense is not something we're used to seeing. Is really good de- is good defense from the Buffaloes. Consistent defense. Another thing that we were really not used to seeing was good, o- consistently good offense. Uh, so, but the the key word is consistent. And to to finish up, what I've seen from the Buffaloes is confidence. You know, hmm. I've seen this team playing like. Oh, if we make a mistake, the game is not over. We're not done for. Let's just, you know, go on and go on about our business and, you know, worry about the next play. And we're going to make mistakes and we'll get over it. And we're going to, you know, we're going to concentrate and we're going to try to do the things that we need to win the games. And sometimes we're going to lose and sometimes we're going to win, but we believe we're going to win. We believe that even if we make a mistake, we're going to win. And that is so different from the Oryx Buffaloes we're used to seeing, which was if everything goes right, we might win this game. And then as soon as there's a mistake, it's like, oh, we're done for. And then there was cascade failures. And we're not seeing that right now. You know, we're seeing guys, you know, futz, you know, they'll mess up in the field or they'll hit a bad pitch and they'll be... Okay, and come back and get them next time. And that's the, that's the attitude I'm seeing with the Oryx Buffaloes is this really fight, feisty, uh, confident team. Yeah, I, I like what you said there, that, you know, that a team before in the past that if we did everything right, we might win this game. And now they're thinking, hey, if we just play our game we're going to win this game. See, I, I didn't notice that. I was looking at Satoshi Nakajima, the manager, and just trying to watch and get a feel for it's hard in the mask, you know, COVID uh, era to get a good feel of what the manager is, is thinking because we can't see facial expressions very much. Well, I think there's a, well. I think the difference with the big difference between him and uh, Norifumi Nishimura is Nori Fumi Mishimura, and I love I per, uh, individ- on an individual base. I love the guy. He's just, he's just a really warm uh, human being, and I and I'm very fond of him. But he uh, he was he's from this school, this sort of '80s Japanese baseball school of micromanaging, mm-hmm. where every mistake has to be dealt with right now, immediately. And the players, I think, to some degree, were walking on eggshells, especially the young players. You know, oh, if I make a mistake, it's back to the farm team, which we've seen with him. We've seen him kind of lose it. But one thing, if you look at Oryx right now, is who are their players? Well, we know who the players are. You know, 
when Nishimura was managing, it was like trying to stop a, a Rubik's Cube master in the middle of solving the puzzle. You know, <laughs> hold on, where was this guy? You know, uh, guys are in positions, guys are being asked to do predictable things. Uh, mm-hmm. We kind of know what to expect with Oryx. I'm guessing the players seem to know what to expect. The The lineup, I won't say the lineup's been fixed. I mean, he's got three catchers, but they're all... Yeah, it hasn't been, but... No, but yeah, but, but, but we know who they are. You know? Yeah, it's been fairly regular. It's been a, a, a Bobby Valentine type thing where he's got some rotations going on, gives some guys some rest here, and... Sure, uh, but he's we... He's been shuffling right. the catchers in and out. That That's true, but... Yeah, but aside uh, but from like that, we don't have this yeah. thing where today's second baseman is tomorrow's third baseman, and, tomorrow, and the day after that is shortstop, you know? Right, right. But the biggest thing for me in terms of uh, production uh, has been the pitching staff. And it's led by Mr. Miyagi, the 19-year-old lefty, uh, Hiroya Miyagi, who threw today. And uh, he's been throwing some kicks or delivering some kicks to the Pacific League, Mm. (laughs) some karate chops and stuff. Uh, He won his MPB best uh, ninth game today. And uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto has eight wins. And although he hasn't been... I think as dominant as perhaps many of us expected to be and expected him to be and the numbers uh, have been in the past, he's really strong. He's, you know, the eight wins are, they're no fluke. And um, the whip, you know, he and Miyagi are leading one, two in ERA and whip in the, in the Pacific league. And then you've got Daiki Tajima. He's got, he has five wins. If you want to talk about the wins, it's fine, but he's just, to me, he has been pretty steady. He hasn't just, blown up a bunch of games or had a good game and then a bad game and then, and then a good one. He's fairly, for the most part, kept the team in the games for the most, uh, uh, as he goes in his starts. And you talked about Yamasaki as well. He's been more useful than not. I didn't, uh, I saw him early on in his career and he was just erratic. Yep. And now, like you said, he, <laughs> he throws more quality pitches than, uh, mistakes now, but he still throws his share of mistakes. Sometimes you just get good results, even though you make sure. mistakes. I mean, or he, you miss you miss so badly, you miss target so badly, you fool even the batter because he, he's sitting on something inside and you can't hit your spot, and the ball ends up going outside, and he's swinging anyway. So um, I've seen some of that with. Well, him, I but. see the I see the sort of you know play. I guess part of that is be aggressive. You know, instead of trying to pitch around everybody uh, more aggressive pitching more reliant you know i guess more confidence from the pitcher i think more confidence in the pitchers that the, the fielders are gonna are that the fielders are actually in it to win the game mm-hmm. and so the, the sense we we've been getting we've got from oryx for much of the last eight years was that when they were you know, when they were winning, they're good. But as soon as that, you know, looks like we're going to lose this game, it was like, uh, okay, well, we, you know, we're gone. <laughs> and kind of lapses of lapses of concentration, routine plays uh, got botched and things started to, and that was the thing, you know, they'd be winning and uh, they'd make a mistake and all of a sudden they went from, four run lead to a four run deficit. 
Yep. Yep. Uh, so that was and, the norm, um, and that we're not seeing that. <laughs> we're seeing we're, we're seeing you know okay a pitcher will get you know get hammered and you know a reliever will give up three runs in the sixth inning or something and the game will kind of turn around. But what you see after that is everybody kind of going okay well let's get back into this game and you see good at bats. You know after mistakes happen, you see guys still in the game. That's the difference for me. Yeah, and I would also add that, uh, you know, in the past they might have scored a couple runs early, but then eventually given up the lead. And now they're able to add on to the, the lead at, in a timely fashion. You know, if they score early first or second inning, it seems like the fourth or fifth inning they're threatening again. And they're probably hitting more home runs. I don't think we are able to actually compare right away or so early in the season, but the home run pace to me seems to be up. And they're getting that kind of production as well. And especially Yutaro well, sure. Mash Mash, Sugimoto, one of the guys. I think when he had a breakout season, or he had a breakout moment actually in 2019 at the Tokorozawa at the MetLife Dome, if it was named that at the time, I can't remember. But uh, And I thought, this guy's a masher. And then he ended up going back down to the farm. Well, sure, he had to keep going back to the farm because he was not, because <laughs> of all the little things that he wasn't under Nishimura. Right. So basically, right. there was no chance for him to stay up. So he's blossoming. And then you've got Masataka Yoshida, the uh, reigning batting champion in the Pacific League. And he's leading and hitting again. And you know, he's amazing. And you've got guys like Takahiro Okada and Yume Mune and Shuhei Fukuda, guys who are just just hitting enough and just being productive enough to help them get those runs that they need. So they, they look really good. Like I said, I, I, don't see, I don't see that they can play better than this right now. I, I don't know if they can be better. No, I don't think so, but I think they're playing about as, uh, you know, they're playing, but they're playing, uh, they're not, it's not luck. I mean, I look at that team and I think, wow, this is actually a good team. Yeah, well, we've said that again. No, we've, uh, we've Fred, said they've had good players. <laughs> we've had they've had talent. Yes, yes. So we we're seeing some that. of that. Credit, credit, Claudio. <laughs> yes, actually, the the reason the Oryx Buffaloes are good is Claudio. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the more you rip on them, the better they play. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, making a four seam transition. So. Uh, the All-Star Games, like we said, are set for July 16th at MetLife Dome and the 17th at Rakuten Seimei Park, Miyagi. And this past week, the uh, players voting, uh, last week, we I think we told you about the fan voting. So this week, we'll give you a little notes about the uh, player voting. And so uh, I was not, <laughs> I don't usually look at this stuff because I, I'm not a big All-Star uh, game fan. I, I know Jim isn't either, but... Uh, we're doing our best to to yeah. get, in, get get enthusiastic about it. But the problem is, I, I just don't like the more than one game. Yeah, well, I don't like and, the All Star game, but I love the vote. <laughs> I, I like. I, oh, that's because there's numbers that you can play. No, with, no, right? no, no. Because I like Kicker I man. like the fact that Japan has a fan vote and a players vote. No, no, I just think you like numbers. <laughs> I don't. I don't like numbers. numbers. I forget them. I forget. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd forget my own birthday. Well, that's though. old age. <laughs> Hashtag high heat. That's called, that's called count to 10 for Jim throws something at you. Well, I'm so glad we're connected cyber, via cyberspace. All right. Well, let's get to it then. So for the 
for the player voting, any any surprises for you? Yeah, a few. Nobuhiro Matsuda was well. Actually, you know, that was the close vote. I, I guess the wow, the surprise was I guess Dion Viciedo at first base. For the yeah. players. Yeah, I I was thoroughly surprised at this because he really, I mean, as much as a threat as he has been, he really hasn't had a season that's worth the All Star game. And there he is, uh, number one among among players. And I, I just, I really don't, I really don't get it. <laughs> um, so there was Jeffrey Marte of the Hanshin Tigers has really played, you know, well enough and been and been a regular contributor to the Tigers' success, and yet. Viciedo really hasn't done very much at all. I mean, he hit a two-run home run today, got him tied, and they ended up the Dragons ended up uh, finishing in a three-three tie. But mm, meh. I, I wonder. I'm curious about the players' vote. There are some things maybe I, I don't know, but I would like to know. And that is, do the players is the players' vote deadline before the fan vote deadline? Uh, but it, they have a you know at some point there's a deadline. And my mm. guess is the players know who's going to be on the team from the fan vote, how the fan vote is going, although there were some changes in the fan voting. And my guess, sometimes if they see a guy's on the team, maybe they won't vote for him. I see. Because, because they want to get another Because guy they on. want to get another guy on the team, which explains why, like, uh, Mune Takamurakami was an overwhelming choice for the fans – but the players went with Okamoto. So that makes yeah. so I'm I think that's a possibility. Uh I think it's also a possibility, you know, with uh, Yosuke Kikuchi, although he's he had a really good uh was having he's had a really good offensive season. And uh so there's that. So those things are, are kind of interesting to me. I guess you know the one the most it's 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 sort of a non sequitur here, but the thing that interested me is that for example there were seven hundred and fifty six uh, ballots, which is see numbers. <laughs> now it means I actually look at the website. There, I look at the website. I I, I see it down there. Okay, okay seven hundred fifty-six ballots returned out of about about a thousand, I suppose. And I I, don't, I have to ask some of the imported players if they get to vote or if it's just a union thing. You know, if only members of the the players association get to vote. Anyway, well, you should you should do I'll that the next ask. time you get an interview. Yeah, I will ask. Any, anyway, <laughs> so for example. <laughs> 756 votes okay and the top the the top uh the person number one uh choice from all the players was Yuki Nagita surprise surprise 573 but mm-hmm. here's the thing the number one vote for DH was 85 votes <laughs> <laughs> But, and that was for right, but based, they basically but, picked guys who aren't DHs because the guy who would normally be there has been missing most of the season, who's Alfredo de Spagna. Mm. Yeah, and, and Leonis Martin was selected, and he's already selected as among the outfielders. Right. So, so he's he was voted in. Uh, the fans voted him as an outfielder. The players voted him as an outfielder and voted him as, as DH. It's like he's a three-way player. 
the effect uh, three way player the fan, uh, yeah and the fans vote for dh was brandon laird who wasn't didn't finish in the top 3 so we don't know how many votes the players gave him maybe his manager Weird. gave him one i don't know Weird. I was happy uh, for Zealous Wheeler. I don't know that he. I mean, I. I think outfield is probably the best position. I think he's been playing a lot of first base recently, but outfield is is uh, the position he had played the most, and he got. Yeah, he finished him, third in the players' votes that. that got him on the All Star team. Yeah, glad to see that. And um, that was about it. I, I, I was Hayato Sakamoto of the yep. Giants was has not really been sharp or present or. You know, I don't know that he was worthy. I I really liked uh, Takumu Nakano of the Hanshin Tigers. I thought he deserved to be the starter. And then they just bring in the old. (laughs) That was kind of an overwhelming vote, too. I mean, that was uh, 414 to 114. Yeah, but I I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Even among the players, I didn't get it. So, Uh, but yeah. uh, I, I, I'm my biggest concern. I think the whole thing. I don't know if he's going to play in the Olympics or the. I think he pulled out of the Olympics, and that's uh, Sugano. You mentioned before that he's just not, you know. Yeah, healthy. he he has and, pulled out of the Olympics. Yeah, he has. So things are just going poorly for him. I think the past two, three seasons. I mean, if you really look at it, he he, he won a bunch of games last season, uh, and and pitched well for the most part, but he had some injury issues last season. The year before last. Oh, last year. I mean, it was, it was, it was, uh, I think he, it was a shortened season. And and, I think he, did he miss one start last year, you know, or something like that? I think he skipped a start. So it was no big deal. Yeah. I I remember one issue. I I don't remember exactly when. 2018, he was really good. 2019, he was hurt. He had lower back issues. Yeah. Yeah. And then so to to combat that, he changed his uh, delivery to this uh, robotic, you know, robot dance uh, take back. Well, yeah, he was uh, watching his uh, softball brethren. Right. uh, Yep. Um, (laughs) You can go away now. Yes, yeah, and uh, got some pointers there and uh, incorporated some of that. But, yeah, I, I, I'm just more worried about him. I mean, he's probably he's not going to play in the Olympics, probably, uh, obviously. He's not going to play in the All-Star game, most likely, although I haven't heard anything, and I don't think he was selected, right? Mm-hmm. So the Giants have to get him healthy for their second half run. But, again, they're the Giants. They're going to be okay. It's just it's, it would be nice to have a, a, an ace kind of level guy like that to go out against – uh, some of the teams they're going to have to face. But they're going to face, if it's just the playoffs and then get him ready for the Japan Series, I think that'll be fine. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you want to see him because he's he's just such a wonderful pitcher when he's healthy. Well, yeah, wonderful and all that stuff. I just think the Giants can get through whatever teams stand in front of I think so, too. They got their... If they get to the playoffs. Yeah. So it's just it's just getting through the Japan Series and being uh, bringing that home. And that that's where they need Sagano, so... That's my one thing. And as we're talking about uh, of the Olympics, uh, there were a number of MPB players who are on or who are on or have been yes. selected for other Olympic rosters. So, Jim. Yeah. Uh, if you go to jballallen.com, you'll see my uh, whole thing. It's on a, it's on a post called uh, MLB's Full Support. <laughs> because MLB in the past has given their full says has every Olympic cyclist said we're 100 percent behind baseball in the Olympics. That is some Jim Allen snark. No, nope, but that's what they know. That's true. That's what they say. We're 100 percent behind it. But all I can say is that 
if MLB says they're hundred percent behind you, it's probably good to get legal counsel. Well, yeah, you better you better run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're only behind you because they're chasing you. Something exactly <laughs> they're coming against you. Exactly. So this is uh, anyway. So if you read that story, it'll tell the story of a conversation I had with um, the MLB vice president. In 2003, I talked to the, the guy who was the head of the vice president of MLB, who was in charge of assisting Team USA in player selection. And we had a chat about the players in Japan. I said, these guys are available. You can have them. And he, and it's like I could hear his eyes getting big over the telephone from New York. <laughs> and then we... We, you know, and then it comes. Meaning, meaning, I mean. Meaning he was excited. Yeah, he was, he was, he was psyched. He's going, you mean we can use these players in Japan? How cool. Okay. And then, of course, the owners said, like, yeah, we don't want to, like, use other teams' players. We, we wanted this to be like the fall instructional league. Yeah, we want to use this to get some of these players some experience. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why in the past, so, for example, the 2008 uh, Beijing Olympics, the last time baseball was in, it was a bunch of uh, minor league uh, high bonus prospects. Mm-hmm. And one. Taylor Teagarden. Yes. That's right. <laughs> and one veteran player who was Brandon Knight, the former <laughs> softball, uh, Die Hawk and major league player. And, and he was, he was about close to 40 then, but that was their idea of veteran experience. Now it's like, Scott Casimir's on the team, and three guys who are currently playing in, in NPB, Tyler Austin, the base star, Scott McGuff, the closer of the Swallows, and starting pitcher Nick Martinez of the Hawks have all been selected. And this is a huge breakthrough mm. because it's it's almost like MLB said, full support. You mean, do we actually have to care? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the team owners said, "Oh, you guys figure out something. We we don't care anymore." I don't I don't know what the answer is, but they they picked three guys, which was really cool. And we haven't seen the the Dominican Republic's uh, team yet, so we don't know if anybody from NPB's been picked for that team. Okay, uh, but Mexico came out, and Mexico's was came with some controversy. In that Matt Clark, who played for the Dragons and Buffaloes, but he's played most of his pro career in Mexico, and he's a Mexican. Matt Clark, friend of the show, friend of the show, and and a Mexican citizen, is he his home run? I believe tied the game against the United States in the Premier Twelve in in the game to decide who was going to get a qualifying berth to the Olympics, and then. I think he had a double in extra innings. Or, you know, he he had a couple of big hits in that game that allowed Mexico to win. Mm-hmm. So he had been all along on the Olympic process, and then when the rosters came out, I got a message from Matt Clark saying I'm not on the team, and he he's basically mm-hmm. accusing it of being politics. He says politics in Mexican baseball, you know, it's like it's the Mexican way. <laughs> So uh, in his place, Brandon Laird of the Lote Marines and go Brandon. So glad for Brandon and disappointed for Matt, but Matt's very uh, down on that. And so, you know, I'll, I'm going to talk to um, somebody who's been involved with Mexican baseball. At least I said I reached out to him. I haven't heard back from him yet. So we'll see how that goes. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's disappointing because Matt was on the show and it was um, May 17th this year, show right. 14, and he was talking about how excited he was to play and we were ex- excited to possibly you know, see him in Japan. And Yeah, it would have uh, been, been really cool. <laughs> would have been. And we'll also have Brandon Dixon. We'll, we'll get to come to Japan this year after all. Of the and this is the Brandon Dixon, the former Buffalo. That's correct. He's not, he's back. Not our guest from last week. That's correct. <laughs> and he's although, despite how I misspelled it on my tweet, it was uh, it's Brandon Dixon yeah, who's now that. who's now back with his first pro team, the St. Louis Cardinals. He's with their AAA team, and he'll be uh, and he was with the uh, Team USA during the Premier Twelve, and also in their recent qualifying. So. Uh, he'll be back, and he, I guess he and Scott McGuff will be the, the, the big relievers. So that's really exciting, you know, because it's almost like for once they care about winning the United States. Yeah, well, I, I think it's exciting, too, because they've got guys who, A, don't have to travel. Yep. So they're already here. They don't have to worry about the time difference and getting acclimated and all that stuff. And they're used to the parks. And they're used to the Asian baseball style and all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing how well they do. And the pitchers, the ball is going to – I think they're using – the WBSC uses an ASICS ball, but it's it's like the kind of ball they use in Asia, which is a little tacky. Um, so the pitchers here will be more or less familiar with it. So, mm, Okay. Looking forward to it. So the Olympics are coming. The Olympics are coming. Indeed, they are. <laughs> I want to run and hide. Is that is yeah. that an option? Nowhere to hide, buddy. Not in Tokyo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, let's make a one-seam transition and do our weekly Masahiro Tanaka segment called As the Pitch Turns. So Makun uh, is now 3-5 and five this season mm. because he took a tough loss on Wednesday at home. 3 nothing was the final, but... The Eagles obviously were unable to generate any offense, oh. and Makun had a he had one bad inning. <laughs> he had some bad defense behind him too, but he didn't even have a bad. Innings. Yeah, but it wasn't. I thought it he didn't pitched, cost him a run. It just, yeah, yeah, I thought he pitched it, it, really, it really well. Actually, he pitched well. So he pitched seven innings, allowed three hits, one run. He walked three, but he struck out eight, and it was. Kazuaki Tateno and four relievers for the fighters who blank blanked the uh, Eagles. And it was Tateno's first pro win. And he was making just his, his uh, second. No, it was his first. It was his first pro start. I think it was his first pro his game. First pro start. Yeah. And uh, so he'll be able to tell his grandkids, you know, I, a guy who had a plus 24, uh, you know, was 24 games above 500, the Last time he had pitched in Japan, and he came back, and he's under five hundred. I helped him. I helped put him under five hundred by two two games because I beat him. Well, <laughs> a little five and dive job, but he beat him. Hey, well, Tanaka's <laughs> three and two against the rest of the rest of Japan. Yeah, he's, what is he already going three against that the fighters? I saw Nick, yeah, I saw Nick Martinez throwing against the fighters again, and I'm like, isn't this like the third time? And I'm like, wow, he's already faced these guys a bunch. And same for Masahiro Tanaka. He's faced the fighters three times already. You know, it's funny because I, it's like 
I have this feeling that maybe when when he came over here, when they were talking over the winter and he made his decision to come, I wonder if they said how many games they expected him to win. I, I don't think they did. But if they did, I wonder how many games they expected him to win all by himself. Hashtag <laughs> Because that's kind of what we're seeing. It's uh, Tanaka pitches and nobody scores runs. Yeah, they're, they're not coming up with the run production here. Um you know, this is not what he signed up for. <laughs> it's not what we signed up for either, because we want to see runs when he pitches, but uh, not when he's pitching, pitching. <laughs> we want to see runs for his team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is. It is kind of weird. And like I said, he's 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 back to two games under five hundred, and it's just I, I don't like you said the run production hasn't been there, but he's not shutting teams down either. And this was another game where he gave up a run early and they were, I mean, if you want to say catch up, this has been a problem for the Eagles. They, they've been inconsistent with the scoring. They did start out the season scoring fairly regularly. It seemed to me, but um, since probably yeah. interleague, yeah, they, they just haven't, haven't been able to drink. Yeah, they need a little offense. more mustard in their offense so they don't have to catch up. Ah. Uh... Where's where's Wayne Grassic when you need him, baby? <laughs> yeah, uh, may he rest in peace. Um, <laughs> so, no, I'm <laughs> I'm a hundred percent that he's pitching well. He's figuring things out. He's he's sort of getting the hang of these guys who are you know going to lay off uh, every slider. You know, when he, he he's he's figuring things out and he's sorting things out. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see that if he gets to start working with Ginjiro Sumitani from his next start. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Sumitani was traded from the Giants to the Eagles. Well, it was reported. Actually, they call it a cash trade. So he was sold from the Giants to the Eagles. There you go. Because I, I was looking uh, the story. I, I retweeted a story, but I, I couldn't see any other principals involved in the trade. And I'm like, well, what's going on here? But they... The report, it was early on, and the report was saying, well, it's expected to be announced formally later on this evening, and blah, blah, Yeah, blah. this was real, and, and this, you know, I'm going to get on this on my newsletter when I finish the blog, finish the podcast and start writing my um, my blog newsletter, my weekly newsletter, which if you're not a subscriber, please do, and you'll get that too. And one of the, thi- one of the things is weird, it's like, Everybody was sort of like blasting the Eagles. And you know how you, you, you insult somebody in Japan is by saying this is highly irregular. Mm. And that was the Eagles announced the trade during the game. I guess they sent a flyer out through the press box. And they put it out on their they put it out on their official mail. Right, I saw that that was mentioned in the story, and I'm like, well, so? Yeah, yeah. all the time back home. Yeah, but like, here it's like it isn't done. So that's sort of like you know, we don't do this here. I think I, almost when it, you, they say something, this is irregular. So wait, 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 you got the giants being progressive. <laughs> is that what we're saying here? <laughs> no, it wasn't the giants. It was the Eagles. The Eagles announced it during their day game, but the giants made the trade. They just didn't announce it. I guess. Uh, that's typical in Japan. The teams don't announce things until they decide they want to announce them, regardless of what everybody on the world knows. Japan, right. Japan, Japan, Japanese sports teams and companies have this idea that if if we don't tell people, no one will know. 
Where have I, where have I seen that before? I know. <laughs> you work in a newspaper. You know it, baby. You live with Hey, we didn't put it in yesterday's paper. It's still news. <laughs> it's still news. <laughs> if we don't tell them, they won't exactly. know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I worked there too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, but I tell you this, uh, Malkoon on the mound, getting back to him, uh, he, he looked – fairly his demeanor for me mm-hmm. he, he looked more confident to me yeah uh, i watched his he looked like he was having a good time even though they were down at most of the game because he gave up the run early but it was it seemed like he you know he had he just had a better demeanor to him and right well i mean he's he giving up way. okay he's okay oh this pitch should be called a strike and this pitch could be called a ball or whatever but you know he's giving up uh kind of kind of fluky hits Mm-hmm. And uh, he's taking it in stride. I saw he has a YouTube channel, and sometimes and I haven't seen every one, but I've seen a couple of them. And I, I saw this one because he tweeted it, and I I, I watched it, and he, he's going, "Yeah, I, I I was pretty happy with the quality of my pitching. I wasn't happy about not winning, and I, you know, I kind of I think there were like you know, in retrospect." There were pitches I should have, th- I could have thrown differently on the balls that got hit. I thought they were, I thought they were okay pitches. They weren't mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, he was saying, which is, you know, which is, you know, that's what I thought too. The pitches he threw were were decent pitches where he wanted to put them, and they got hit. Right. And so he was. Yeah, sometimes some sometimes that happens a read. lot. I mean, uh, well, if you throw the ball over the plate, then the guys have a better chance of hitting it. So, right, as long as you're not bouncing it up Neil there. will tell you about that one today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. So, but he was he was upbeat, and he said, you know, um, I I obviously I want to win and I want to get results, but uh, you know, and I'm working on it. I'm working on you know how can I be just a little bit better. So right, good. right, yep. All right, uh, uh, we have one note uh, on Wednesday at Tokyo Dome. Shun Yamaguchi of the Giants in just his second start, really, after not pitching since, what, what would you say, 2019? Because I didn't see much of him last year. Uh, he didn't pitch in the big leagues. He pitched a few uh, games last year, yeah, with the oh, Toronto Blue okay. Jays, yeah. Okay. And then, um, but he was Sawamura, Sawamura worthy the last time we saw him in MPB and uh, he carried a no-no into the eighth inning before he allowed a hit. And it was the only run of the game. And it was Takayoshi Noma who homered off of him and just a really good outing for him. He looked sharp. Uh, I, I, I remember hearing the pro Yaku news guy saying that he came back from the States and he just, he didn't throw in a farm game. He was practicing with the top team and, they said they're going to just put him out there when he's ready, and he was. He had a decent start on June twenty third. He went uh, five and two thirds yep. innings and allowed a, a hit and two walks and five runs. And so the the, uh, the Giants won the game. They beat the Bay Stars on the twenty third, and it was four to two. And yeah, Yamaguchi. I mean, he he pitched okay. He get he got the win then. Yeah, I thought he looked and, uh, he looked okay. Yeah. And what did you see uh, the other night? Oh, he was throwing some good pitches, but he was also th- making a lot of mistakes, and they weren't hitting them. And then they were hitting uh, hitting some balls, smoking some balls right at people, and I thought, oh, this isn't going to last. So 
Yeah. Now, when you say mistakes, are you talking about you think that, uh, or you? Oh, saw he was him hanging just pitches, right? right down yeah. Well, they were right down the middle, okay. but he was having trouble with. Uh, you know, he was throwing his uh, splitter a lot, and sometimes it was really good, and so it was really inconsistent. And sometimes they were getting really good swings on it. But, okay. you know, he wasn't giving up hits, so okay, well. But, you know, he was the splitter was working enough that he struck out uh, a bunch of guys. So it wasn't bad, but it was, it was, it was up and down. It was inconsistent. So I, my, my, my boss came to me and said, oh, get ready. You know, it's uh, seven innings. He's throwing a no-hitter. I went like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he didn't. You know, I, I as I, I tweeted a couple of weeks ago, yeah, the first hit of the game is always my favorite. Because <laughs> that's one less no-hit story I have to write. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't mind them anymore now. Yeah, it used to be a big thing. We used to scramble, right? If somebody was in the sixth inning, we're like, oh, get ready, you know, <laughs> we got to watch every pitch now, but not not so much anymore. And But, I, I, you know, I did, by the time I got home, I was able to watch some of it. And I did see... Uh, after uh, I think the sixth inning, he just you're, you're right. I did see pitches that he just uh, you know you're calling them mistakes, and I'm thinking yeah, they were probably not where uh, he wanted them to mm-hmm. be. But the guy, the the batters at that point were really focused in, and they were trying to hit certain. It looked like they were sitting on some yeah. pitches and doing some other things, so that they didn't miss. They did miss those pitches. Right. That's you know uh, the way it works out sometimes. So. Uh, like I think somebody told, said before, you can make a bunch of mistakes, but they're not mistakes to the reporters if they don't get hit. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we're all used to that story. He made one mistake. He made one mistake. He threw 95 pitches and 94 were perfect. Yeah, no. Right, no. no, no. Yeah, no, not at all. But it was fun while it lasted, and uh, we don't have a no-hitter, right? I believe the answer is no. So that would have yeah, been his okay. That would have been his set if, if it had gotten a no-hitter. It would have been his mm-hmm. second. It would have been his second, and he also contributed to a multiple pitcher combined no hitter in Italy. Wow! Yeah. Against the softball, well, yeah, we haven't had yeah we haven't had a no hitter this year. Meanwhile, in the major leagues, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I know they're talking about the demise of baseball now because they haven't had a no hitter for ten days. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well. uh I wouldn't expect another no hitter now that all the sticky stuff is gone. So Indeed. we might not have one the rest of the rest of the season in the major leagues. All right, let's go to fielding questions. All right, so uh, CFL America via Twitter says, "I'll make my first one a good one since Okayama is where my wife and I are eventually headed to." I think he said he's retired and he's going to be moving to Japan with his wife. Mm. Could you guys do a little history lesson on the relationship between Muscat Stadium and MPB teams? My wife would appreciate it also. Jim, <laughs> since, I, since I've only seen this stadium on TV and heard things about it from the the uh, radio announcers and the commentators who it's used to play It's a very typical new country ballpark in Japan. It's clean. It's... Uh, because nobody uses it, right? <laughs> it's clean. Be nice. It's clean. Okay, well, nice. it's it's you know obviously spent a lot of money building it. There was probably a lot of tax dollars and a lot of grift. 
And because these things are all over the place, I mean, Alpen Stadium, Toyama, and Muscat Stadium, and Bochan Stadium, and Matsuyama, it's like everybody's got to have one. Now, uh, as far as NPB, NPB has a long history of playing in Okayama. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, have you ever been there? I have been. To, in fact, Okinawa was the first uh, place I stayed in Toya, in Japan. Okinawa? Okay, Okayama. Okayama. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. 1984. I've never been south of, yeah, never been. Well, I mean, I went to Okinawa, obviously, yeah. but uh, the mainland, uh, Hiroshima is as far south as Well, it's south as farther. It's not as far west as Hiroshima, so... Okay. Well, it's halfway between Hiroshima and Osaka. So we used to have, uh, for many years, the Carp and Tigers would play a couple of games there, often against each other, in which one team would be the home. They'd play like uh, the Carp would have a home series, and they'd play one game in Okayama against the Tigers and two in Hiroshima, and the Tigers would have a home series, and they'd play one game in Okayama and two at Koshien. Used to be more games in Okayama. Anyway, so they built the stadium in 1995, and that's the new big stadium in Okayama Prefecture. It's in Karashiki City, mm-hmm. which is the hometown of uh, the late, the late great Senichi Hoshino. Mm-hmm. And it hosted its first All-Star game in 1999, which I attended. And, oh. and I, I said, I was telling John that was... Wait a second, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. 1999? Yes. That's the year you and I met. Correct. It was about two. It was about uh, three months, three four months before that. Wow. And okay. I had just started working for the. You're supposed to say that first. You you should say the year you and I. Yes, met. I know that's generally. In so, fact, that's generally. I thought how you had I forgotten everything in my life. But that's right, I man. Slipped up today. It's your back's in order. I know. <laughs> I know. It must be I'm sleepy sleep Sunday night. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, so it was my second all-star game I covered. In fact, it was the second all-star game I attended after the 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 one I went to Cebu uh three days earlier, which was the Cebu gonna make you sweat dome. <laughs> I don't remember if they had CNC Music Factory playing, but they might as well have because it was it was blisteringly hot and humid. With the place was packed to the rafters, and they it wasn't equipped with fans then. Oh, it's a nightmare. So anyway, I went to Muscat Stadium. It was raining, and uh, the it was raining, and it seemed like every player was trying to hit the first pitch. After about the fifth inning, I was surprised the game lasted two hours and 59 minutes because it seemed like they were trying to make it end in an hour and a half. First strike, baby. And uh, what I do, I will tell you that the pitchers of record were both future Boston Red Sox. And two of the players who hit two of the four home runs were hit by future New York Yankees. So Koji Uehara. Yep. Daisuke Matsuzaka. Bingo. Uh, Hideki Matsuzaka. And? Ichiro Suzuki. You are, you are, you are the Karnak of the Magnificent. <laughs> wow. Wow. And I didn't even, I didn't even think about it that much. I did... Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it was all that hard, but yeah. I mean, it could have been Hideki Okajima, I suppose, but yeah. It could have been. So, yeah. Wow. And it was, uh, 
I was still very new to reporting games. I wasn't allowed to report except the in general, you know, I wasn't generally allowed to go out and report. So I, it was very confusing for me, but I went down there and had fun. All right. Well, so it is a nice, yeah, it's a nice park and Karashki a lovely city. So I don't know if I'd be like Wikipedia and, and you know, like Okayama Prefecture's Wikipedia page and included on places to see. <laughs> but but Karashki is definitely <laughs> is an absolute gem. So anything on the relationship with MPB? I don't know. They do play a lot of games. You know, they'll, they play games there not every year, but almost every year. And again, mostly the carp and and the tigers, but sometimes Pacific league teams will go down there. <laughs> Take a look. <laughs> Just have a gander. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I've only seen it on TV and um, I've seen it so few times that I don't even think, because sometimes when, when you're watching a game and you see some of these regional uh, stadiums, some of them, the, the, it's like the blueprints, they, they just pass the yep. blueprints around and they're all painted the same color. They're all blue. They're all blue or something or green. And then you get to the outfield and it, the fences are all the same color, but uh, I, I couldn't pick it out from any of the uh, other regional there, stadiums. I mean, Not any, I should say some of the other. I mean, I've been to Bochan Stadium in, in yeah, Matsuyama and it looks, I can't, I can't tell you if it's any different. I just have nothing, um, which is also Matsuyama is also a very charming city. So I, I rec- recommend that as well. But otherwise, no, I, I couldn't tell you anything about it. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm so glad MPB doesn't do what they do with the gymnasiums in Japan, which is if you've been in in one gymnasium in this country, you've been practically all of them because they just got one blueprint and everybody used it. <laughs> They're all built the same. Uh, the goals are the same on the baskets. Uh, it's just the same. And uh, I'm so glad they didn't do that with the baseball stadiums, that they're all unique. They're different colors. They're different shapes. And you can tell where you are or where, where the game is being played the moment you turn the TV on. And uh, they were playing some games in Okinawa today, uh, this weekend, SoftBank and the Fighters. And uh, that was one stadium I hadn't really seen much of. And, and I, I enjoyed watching the game because I'm like, where, you know, it looks like we're playing somewhere else. It's not one of these regional stadiums that it does look different. Yeah, indeed. Cookie cutter. Yeah, it looked different. So I enjoyed watching the game. So, all right, everyone. So we will get hopefully get back on track next week and have an interview for you. We are working uh, hard. And maybe now that I call the Giants out, they'll. They'll react <laughs> in a positive way. I'm hoping for my job's sake, <laughs> but uh, thank you for the question. CFL America. And we will look forward to hearing from you again. Anyone else that has a question, hit us up on Twitter at JBW podcast with the hashtag high heat. Send questions by email to Y-A-K-Y-U-J-O-H-N at gmail.com or hit us up on the Facebook page. Leave us a message there. And like I said, please go to the Pacific League English YouTube channel. uh, Subscribe first, Mm -hmm. watch second, and make comments third. And go for it. Okay. Anything coming up with you, Jim? Nope. Just the weekly newsletter. So if you're not a subscriber, please do. It's free. All paid subscriptions are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Are welcome, he says. All right. Uh, We will see you next week. Enjoy your baseball. 
See you at the ballpark. Follow the hosts on Twitter at JBW Podcast and at JBallAllen. And feel free to submit your questions by email or tweet with hashtag HighHeat. Thank you for listening to Japan Baseball Weekly.